This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Many newly arrived migrants are hoping to get jobs to support themselves and their families. To help speed up that process, a clinic opened up in early November to help eligible migrants apply for their permits. It's a joint effort of the city, state, and federal governments, as well as the Resurrection Project, an organization focused on immigrant rights. The pilot project is going historically quickly, according to Erendira Rendon, the Resurrection Project's vice president of immigrant justice. But the number of applications approved is still low. CBS2 general assignment reporter Sabrina Franza looked into work permit data and found that only 284 people have had their permits approved by the end of 2023. Now, we should mention a caveat to that data. It can't capture folks who went through the application process on their own without the city's involvement. And only 4,650 people are eligible to apply in the first place. So I started by asking Sabrina about the barriers to applying and why that number is so low. What's really interesting is this data, it says up until December 29th, and the data that the city was revealing shows that they started counting this data around November 9th, which is around the same time that the Resurrection Project, along with the city and the federal government, were working together to have a clinic that would help facilitate these applications being sent. But there are many roadblocks that we were able to find that get in the way of people submitting these applications and getting them processed. The cost of them is very high. Okay. $400, sometimes more. If you have any legal fees, that can be an extra a cost on top of that. And then you also need to have all of the documents. Think of filling out your tax forms. It takes days to get your W-2 in order, to get everything else in order. Imagine you had maybe left your documents in a different place or you you relocated your entire life and that Mm -hmm. of your your children as well, the rest of your family, and you need to have all of these documents ready and available to fill out a form that's around 30 pages long and then another form to have that fee waived. So the complicated process, in addition to needing help filling out these forms, they're in English. So people need assistance to do that as well. Right. Uh, it makes it really difficult to have these processed and then to get those papers back and approved takes, on average, we're seeing around two months. Right. And and then it leads us to only having nearly 300 people have, having completed the entire process. Let's bring you in, Ere. Your organization, as I mentioned, is teaming up with the government to get people's permits processed mm-hmm. faster. So what is the rollout of that clinic? What's that been like since November? 
Yeah. And first, I want to add that the, um, you know, the biggest barrier is eligibility. So of the 15,000 or so folks that live in the shelters, it's estimated that only about 4,650 actually qualify for a work authorization. Mm -hmm. So regardless, you're never going to get above 30 percent of folks um, receiving a work permit ever. Right. So really, we're we're looking at is like of of the 4,650 or so who qualify, still only about 200 or so, as uh, Sabrina reports, have actually been able to get authorization. Right. Through this expedited particular clinic which is the only data that the that the city is keeping which we had you here when yes, this was when first we started yeah and, and it sounds like you've been able to do this exponentially yeah so um about 1700 folks have gone through the clinic of those 1655 have completed their application meaning that the application was submitted to uscis uscis gave what's called a receipt notice took fingerprints and took the pictures and of those um as of in late December, 280 had received their work permits, which is actually historically fast. Um, it so, sounds like it. I mean, th- that's that's yeah. very quick. Yeah. The, the, gone through that process. I know immigration processes on a whole, very complicated. Correct. So, um, you know, we're actually seeing if folks qualify for work permit under the parole program, they're coming in as fast as one week and as max it's taking four weeks, um, which is incredibly fast. Um, and then for TPS right now, what we're seeing, it's taking about three to four weeks. Uh, TPS is like slightly different because first you have to qualify for TPS and then you qualify for your work permit. We're able to process everything at the same time, mm-hmm. but USCIS has to uh, you know, look at each application one at a time. Um, so we are expecting that soon um, we'll have over a thousand folks who have received their work permits since 1,655 have completely gone through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do expect to meet our goal of finalizing, uh, you know, having everybody who we believe qualifies for uh, a work permit to come into the clinic before February 9th um, and finish all of those applications. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there remains a lot of folks who don't qualify who live in shelter um, who are migrants. Yeah, and then, who is this leaving out? Yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, um, you know, I work with the undocumented community. It completely leaves out the undocumented community. Um, there's 180,000 undocumented in Chicago, 500,000 in the state who don't qualify for anything um, and who have worked without work permit for decades. Um, and then it leaves out, um, you know, 70 percent of folks that are living in shelter, primarily um, if you're Venezuelan, if you entered the country after July 31. Um, and then a lot of folks from uh, other countries. Yeah. Talk more, Sabrina, about the, the barriers that you were seeing in, in your reporting. I'm, I'm, you were nodding there. I'm sure that you've come up with some of what it is discussing right now. Right. Well, a lot of the problem, as she mentioned, was that August 1st deadline. If you weren't here before August 1st coming from Venezuela, you would not be eligible to fill out that application at all, mm-hmm. which in Chicago, the majority of the people or just the greatest uptick that we've been seeing for people coming here from Mexico, from, uh, excuse me, Texas, by way of Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, by plane, by bus, through the suburbs, it has happened after that August 1st date. So it bears the question of what's going to happen to the people that continue to come here. Will they extend that deadline to include more people? I actually spoke with two congressional uh, Democratic leaders from Illinois oh, what'd they say? last week because they're heading back uh, to D.C. to start back working Tuesday, tomorrow. Yeah, new session. New session starts. And not only are they trying to secure funding, the mayors previously asked with the mayors of New York and Denver for a 
sum of $5 billion from the federal government to split among the three cities to help with this crisis. Not only are they going to be trying to push for that funding, but they're also trying to push to extend that date deadline so that more people are eligible to fill out that application and more people can get to work. And I'd love to hear from you both on this. I mean, for the small percentage that we're talking about here that have gotten their documents, right? Are there then more barriers to them actually getting a job? What does that part look like? Yeah, so at the workshops, we are partnering with um, some workforce development organizations who also have um, booths at the workshop and do some basic intake so folks know that once they apply for the work permit, once it arrives, um, you know, what are the steps towards trying to find a job um, and how do you apply for a job? Um, the good thing is that now USCIS does partner with Social Security. so. As you're getting your work permit, they're also going to mail you your social security number. Okay. Um, and that removed a huge barrier. It used to be that you had to go then take your separately documents apply. and separately apply. And that you also had to wait. Um, so folks are getting both of those very quickly. Um, so we do partner with uh, workforce organizations to make sure that folks start thinking about how to apply for a job and, and know where to go um, once they need that assistance. Yeah. Did that come up in your conversations as well, Sabrina? It has, but more on a local level. So in speaking with, like last week, we spoke with Alderman Bill Conway, for example. He's hosting periodic clinics as well and is looking to host another one at the end of this month. While he's doing that, and others have said the same, they're collaborating with business leaders in their communities. So the labor shortage that we've seen of people who are maybe not working in restaurant-related positions or um, labor-related positions, uh, construction, they are working to connect them with those jobs. So when those when they do get their paper, those yeah. jobs are readily available. Yeah, and to that end, there's a, there's a long history, as we know, Eddie, of, of migrants having to work under the table mm -hmm. without documents and in a lot of cases getting exploited. Yeah. Are, are you seeing that issue? Yeah, I mean, that issue is always a concern, um, and it's um, primarily a bigger concern when folks don't have a work authorization, right? And so um, as folks get their work authorization, we know that they tend to get better jobs. Um, they're able to apply for a whole lot more positions than folks that don't have work authorization, mm -hmm. um, which is why we believe actually the best avenue for um, extending work authorization isn't through um, setting a new date for TPS for Venezuelan nationals. Um, it actually needs to be more holistic. The second program that is being um, used for work authorization is called parole, and the president has broad authority to give parole to whoever he designates as a humanitarian reasons or significant benefit to the state. Mm -hmm. um, and we believe it's a significant benefit to the state to give all immigrants work authorization. Um, and that will um, it protect its workers as well, aside from making it um, you know, easier for folks to find jobs, better uh, jobs that have benefits, things like that be less exploitable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it will protect its workers and make sure that folks know what their rights are, make sure that folks are able um, you know, to, to get the types of jobs that do have benefits. And Eric has made some great points here, Sabrina, but just for the person who watched your report and maybe they're, they're listening to us now and, and they still aren't quite connecting the dots, I mean, drive it home for us. What is the importance of a work permit? Why is this such a big deal? Well, to really relocate your life, to achieve the American dream that people have traveled miles and miles and miles to have, you need to be able to work. The self-sufficiency is so important. And when we speak with people that have come here from different countries, asylum seekers that we meet on our day-to-day -day reporting, they don't want to be 
receiving the handouts. They don't want to be eating by somebody else's hand. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to provide for themselves and for their families. And I think that people that are in Chicago have said the same thing. You know, we want to welcome these people, but you don't want to see somebody sitting outside of a supermarket when you walk out and you have your groceries in your hand. That person should also be able to go in and buy groceries for their family as well. So to get those work authorizations, to have them back, to really allow people to facilitate out of shelters and into their own housing is so important to making sure that Chicago as a city can continue to function properly and that these families have a place where they can live and sustain themselves on their own. Yeah. What's the next stages of, of this clinic, Ere, before I let you go? Yeah, so we'll finish with folks who are live in shelter and who are eligible for work authorization by February 9th, and then we'll move on to um, assisting folks who are living in um, apartments that have been assisted by the state um, to do so. And then after after the, that population is done, we'll move into the general population. Um, we have until 2025 to process all TPS applications for uh, folks who qualify for Venezuela um, because of the Venezuela Venezuelan designation, um, and then um, you know, making sure that we're also continuing to assist folks that are coming in um, via parole. Um, so if folks come in via parole, um, which we actually believe right now is only about 5% of the population who is coming in right now, um, then uh, we need to be able to assist them so the more quickly folks can come as they're, as they're arriving, they're able to get their work authorization. Um, so that's what's uh, going on for the clinic. And then we do have our uh, national campaign to extend parole um, and work authorization to more immigrants, including the undocumented. We'll leave it there. That was uh, CBS2 general assignment reporter Sabrina Franza and Erendria Rendon, who's the vice president of immigrant justice at the Resurrection Project. We've been talking about the process of getting migrants their work permits. Thank you both so much. Thank Thank you. That episode was produced by Max Lubers, who edited the episode along with Meha Ahmed. Before you go, are you signed up for our newsletter? It's full of local news like this that you need to know, plus things to do and ways to get involved in activities. Head over to wbez.org slash Reset News to get a copy in your inbox every weekday at 10 a.m. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.